Hi, folks. Chris Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Hey, we're coming here with another great episode. We certainly appreciate you guys tuning in. Be sure to refer the show to your friends, neighbors, relatives. Let everyone know in the office about subscribing to the Chris Voss Show. They can go to iTunes, Google Play. They can now go to Spotify and download the show or listen to the show there. You can also go to youtube.com forward slash Chris Voss. You can see all the wonderful Christmas gifts we're taking and reviewing for the Christmas holiday season. You can decide what you want best to have loved ones get for you. Or you can decide, you know, maybe what gifts are good for your loved ones as well and which gifts maybe you should return when you do get them. So be sure to tune into the channel on the YouTube channel. And you can also see, the, of course, the puppy and the great podcast of The Chris Voss Show. We've got, as always, the best guests on The Chris Voss Show, Kim Sutton. She's the host of the Positive Productivity Podcast and the author of Chronic Idea Disorder, the Entrepreneur's Guide to Overcoming Idea Overwhelm. In addition, Kim is the owner of Sutton Strategic Solutions, a digital marketing agency which helps coaches share their products and services with the people who need them the most. She lives outside of Dayton, Ohio with her husband Dave and her five children, as well as a menagerie, menagerie of any of all cats and dogs. So there we have it. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Kim. How are you? Oh, I'm awesome. Thank you so much for actually giving me a break from that menagerie of cats, kids, and dog today. A menagerie. Uh-huh. We you understand how the oop happens. You told me you have four cats and a dog. Is that? We do. That's, the, yeah. that's how menagerie works. And you have five kids. What do you call the whole thing a menagerie? I, I call know. it a zoo. I don't know. I might have to. I went to Trump University and, and Betsy DeVos uh, High School, so I, I, I'm not sure if I know uh, menagerie what the definition is but i'll try and look it up <laughs> yeah, you know what? i don't know what it means either it's just somebody else told me that's what i have so i was like okay that goes that goes good somebody walked up to you and went, ah, that's a menagerie right there and you went okay i yep. don't know if i've been insulted i don't know if i've been complimented <laughs> that or just defined by the english dictionary but uh i don't know Somebody called me a menagerie of a shit show once, but that was a different sort of menagerie, I think. I might, if my dictionary were not underneath my laptop right now, I might have to look up what the word actually means. <laughs> you know, a, a funny story. Uh, I, 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 part of my family is Mormon, and so they don't swear around their kids. And so when I'm around them, they don't like me to swear around my kids, which is actually really hard. So I picked up from my Jewish friends. Um, the term oy vey. So mm-hmm. when I was around them, when I were on a swear, I'd say oy vey instead of swearing. And it got to be quite the habit. Um, and one day my brother pulls me aside and he goes, he goes, hey, Chris, um, what does oy vey mean? And I go, you know, I really don't know. I just picked it up off my Jewish friends and I've been doing it because, you know, it's different than this <laughs> the F word. And he goes, he goes, look, the problem we're having is the kids are starting to say oy vey because they're around you. And we got to know what it means because if it means like the F word, you know, they're going to go say it at school and we got a problem. And I'm like, oh boy, what did I get myself into? So fortunately, I looked it up and there's nothing wrong with the words oy vey. It's more like, oy. <clears throat> so, so it was all good. Yeah, it did. It, it <laughs> but I was going to be really in the in the trouble zone if I, if it would have been like oy vey stands for bestiality. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> What did you teach our kids? I went from the fire into the pan. So, Kim, let's talk about you. You've got the podcast, of course, 
and uh, you've got the book, you're an author, and uh, you're juggling your own business, of course, being an entrepreneur while you counsel entrepreneurs. Give us an idea as to how that works and what your life is like. Yeah, life can be a little bit crazy, but the reason why this business really came to be how it is now is because I burnt myself out in 2016. Uh, I have twins. They're my youngest. They're currently three. And I was sleeping two to three hours a night trying to do everything that everybody else was doing, thinking mm -hmm. that that's how I'd get my next dollar in, you know? Yeah. And I got to the point where I was suicidal. And I realized something needs to change because yeah. it's not why I have my business. I love my, my husband dearly. I love all my kids. And going down that path was just going to be bad. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard being an entrepreneur. You have to do, you have to wear all the hats, especially in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, even when our companies got really large, I, I, you know, I, I think we had over a hundred employees at one point, uh, 150. Um, and I, I don't remember, uh, it's like, it was a lot. Um, but even then I reached the point where I was still the CEO and janitor. I'm like, I'm still yep. the guy who picks crap up off the floor. You know, I'm still the janitor. Uh, and I would have thought with this many people, I wouldn't have to be the janitor. But, um, you know, it, it reaches that point where um, uh, being an entrepreneur, you have to think of everything, do of everything. You've got to create everything from scratch. You've got to create your systems, your processes, uh, everything that happens with a product or customer from uh, starting point to end point. You gotta, you gotta be the accountant, the chief accountant. You gotta be the chief legal person sometimes. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Yeah, and until we, well, I'm gonna. I've been watching too much Disney for the last five years, but let <laughs> it go. You know, from Frozen until we learn how to let it go, then we're really not gonna be able to go up. <laughs> we're, we're gonna be stuck building the ice castles instead of enjoying them. The the metaphors of the Disney movies. So many of them, they're so good. Well, I, I suppose that's what that's what makes them good over time is is the uh, is the quality of the metaphor and everything else that goes into them. So you've got the podcast too. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I actually just cut back to two days a week because I it positive productivity is talking about system support and self care for entrepreneurs. And there's a great guest who come on and. They usually, they have great stories about how their mess has made their message today, which I absolutely love as an entrepreneur, how we find our purpose and our passion. But, but I I just recently cut back from seven days a week to two days a week. Whoever's watching this or, or listening, don't do seven days a week. Quality over quantity. And um, I'm loving every single second of it. I feel like I've gotten $10 million of free coaching seven days that's that's got to be well it's got to be fun to get away from your kids and stuff like that right yeah well yeah they go to daycare but you know what happened was that i couldn't get my logo right before i launched so i had 40 episodes in the can when i launched and i was like wait a second if i do this one day a week then it's gonna take me almost a whole year so i did what any reasonable person would do and i just decided oh i'm gonna go daily instead of <laughs> you know yeah, daily's, daily's fun. Trying to keep up. I, I kept making a promise that I'd go daily with the podcast, and I just I fall apart somewhere after, like, I don't know, the third week or something. Well, you know what happened, though, was that when I cut back, my I cut back by three and a half or whatever the math is. Don't ask me to do math on Mondays. And my downloads tripled immediately. Wow. Not burning people out. I was burning myself out and my listeners out. And now I've got 
a lot of new subscribers because I, I have to say the same thing for myself. If I look at a show that I'm interested in and it's a daily show, I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't have time for that. <laughs> so I would bring that to other people. I'm like, hello, Kim. What were you thinking? Yeah, yeah I, I do. What I, what I do is I do shows in piles. Like I have three shows today. And I think they're almost back to back and then I'll do those and then uh, I'll go a few days and do those. And, and then I just, you know, roll them out as I go. But yeah, doing a daily podcast is definitely, um, it's hard to figure out what to talk about, especially today where, uh, where politics dominates the, the news. And I don't want to really do a politics show um, because then, you know, you end up with an audience that, you know, half of them hate you and the half won't listen to you. Um, so it's hard to do a topical audience these days, uh, unless you really want to just go into politics and, and stuff, uh, which is sad because there's a lot of great material for someone who likes to make laughs and jokes like me, that's comedy based, but you just realize you're going to lose some people, but, uh, yeah, it's hard to do daily and come up with stuff to, to talk about daily. I think I, I have a lot of great guests like yourself that are always on, so I'm pretty blessed that way, but, uh, I'm still not sure I could do a daily one. Yeah. I mean, I only did every other day solo and the, then the days in between were guests, but I got to the point where my solo episodes were three to five minutes long. And I realized, (laughs) no, I want 20 minute long solo episodes that are rich in content. Let's lead them to an opt in, get them on the list. And then I can save all those random thoughts that come up, you know, for the other solo episodes and Go back to blogging. I, I missed my blog. I love to write, but I was running out of content because I was using it for these stinky every other solo episodes. I mean, they weren't stinky, but I, I would just rather like get them out there in other formats. Yeah. What you have a lot of podcast right? episodes. Don't you have about 400 or so? I'm, I think, 515 is going out. Holy crap. Yeah, I can't even finish knitting a sweater, but I've made it through 515 podcast episodes. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of podcasts. That's a lot of guests. Have some of them been solo and some of them had guests? Half of them. Half of them had guests? Nice. Half of them had guests. 250 plus awesome conversations. Yeah. You know, I'm good at, I I do better with having guests on or co-hosts because I I need somebody to play off from a comedic standpoint. I need somebody I can riff off. I need somebody who can come up with things. Uh, A lot of times I need somebody to play a straight man. Um, And so, uh, you know, a lot of time during a a show, if if I'm being funny or if I think we can pull some funny topics out, I'll try and be digging for those and go, but it's hard to do that when you're just doing yourself. It just becomes a solo act. And since you're not doing a practice comedic show, um, it's just you talking into the mic and, and sometimes free forming whatever you do. Um, yeah. And a lot of my stuff is free form. No, not, I don't sit and type out a script ahead of time to me. That's a little, to me, it's a little, gen- this is, I don't want to knock people to do that, but um you know, the the free the free flow form of working with somebody and digging information out of them. You know, I've had a lot of people say that show went really well. It's one of my best yeah. podcasts ever, and it's just because of the free flow of it and and letting letting the conversation lead where it may um, really makes a difference. Come on, Chris. If you were stuck on a deserted island with only five hundred dollars in your laptop, what would you do? I'm just 
That could be I'm a podcast, sorry. right? Yeah, I'm picking on you, but yeah, I couldn't I couldn't do the same questions over and over again. And <laughs> I get into the problem where like I I come up with eighteen thousand questions at the same time and I just had to you'll see when you come on my show soon. I'm like I, I just had to tell my guests, I'm gonna ask you probably eighteen questions in a row because it's not just like if you remember any, great. If you don't feel like answering any, great. Just keep on talking because chances are I remember the last one that I just asked you and I'm not going to remember the first 17 and let's just... <laughs> we're drunk or high on caffeine and we're just pretending that we're out, you know, catching up. Like old <laughs> I was still waiting for my coffee to kick in for the caffeine hit this morning. Um, the uh, I ran out of this coffee. I've been buying this coffee lady from Starbucks and Walmart that has two times the amount of caffeine. And I ran out of it last night, so now I'm having to drink two cups of coffee anymore to get the same sort of uh, crackhead hit high from coffee that I need to have in the morning. Have you ever tried bulletproof coffee, Chris? But uh, uh, I, you know, I have people that they I, I like doing leading questions. You know, as you know, we did the pre-show, and that's how I usually warm up the guests and get to kind of know maybe some leading topics or where they want to go. But for the most part. Um, I like to free form it. I like I like someone to I, I like some I like our podcasters or podcast listeners to feel like they're sitting maybe in a room with us overhearing a conversation instead of something that's very formatted where it, you know you it, it just feels very programmed. And I'm not saying there's anything bad about question. I'm just saying what we do over here. But uh, I know people will ask me. They go, "Can you send us a list of the questions?" I'm like, "That doesn't sound fun at all." Right. <laughs> Exactly, I agree. I don't <laughs> have any the questions. They don't. They don't give the president the questions before they before they tell him. They did give Hillary the questions, though. Didn't they? That, was a, <laughs> that was a big deal. Um, but no, I mean, to me, uh, if I gave people the questions, they. The, I don't know about you. But one of the other biggest things I have with podcasting and podcast guests is getting people to come on and really bring out who they are, who their personality is. Uh, anecdotal stories, um, things that people can learn from, because people just don't want someone to come on and have it be an ad where they're just like, "Who are you? I work for XYZ company. What do you do? I'm the CEO. What do you guys? You know, what, what's that company about? Uh, well, we work on aerodynamic benders for the you know equalization of you know that that sort of thing." It's like, let me know what kind of human being you are. What kind of stresses do you have? What challenges do you have? Because to me, I think that's where you gain a lot of rapport with people. You they find you find the commonalities where people go, hey, that guy may be the CEO of a company that's very successful, but he still has to put his pants on the same way every day, and he still has to deal with the same sort of mental challenges and um, depression, you know, anxiety and everything else that we deal with. And, and he has to find ways to overcome that as well. It doesn't, uh, sometimes I think we get this, uh, idea or concept of people that are either rich or hugely successful in business, that they are somehow perfected human beings, you know, yeah. uh, same thing with Hollywood, Hollywood people and movie stars. We figure that since they've ascended these high echelons of, of power or influence or money that, They've perfected the art of being human, and usually the opposite is quite true. Hey, Chris, you know the BBC video a few, was it last year or the year before, where the dad's kids came into the office? <laughs> Do you think he was actually wearing pants? Uh, I don't know. Do people wear pants around their kids? I don't have kids, but that seems like something you should do. 
Yeah, when you were talking about, well, he could have had on boxers. I mean, he's he, he had on the nice shirt. Okay, for the record, I have pants on. So, but that, you know, <laughs> as entrepreneurs, we may or may not. I mean, I could be sitting here in a swimsuit. I, just think, that's, I, think, over that, it. I think that heightens to the tension of the show. It's that thing like in a horror flick where, you know, you have that tension of like, is he wearing pants or not? Ah, oh, it's the secret sauce that I will never tell my <laughs> I wonder if I should start asking my guests that. Do you have pants on? I think you know, I think there was a podcast I was on or a podcast guest that was on, and that's one of their favorite questions. Really? Yeah, yeah. The and now and now the segment like they have a segment of their show for is their guests wearing pants or not? Um uh, you know, I I suppose so. I hope I'm wearing shorts because I don't wear underwear. So if I am <laughs> not wearing pants or shorts, then this isn't going to go well. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I probably shouldn't have told that. That's a secret that's as, <laughs> as sacred as the Coca-Cola recipe or, or the KFC recipe. <laughs> Chris, that should be the whole, that should be the title on iTunes. It should just be the Chris Voss show. Is he wearing pants? And where we answer the, the, uh, the, the question that <laughs> the question of man is Chris Voss wearing shorts today or not? Because <laughs> we already know he's not wearing underwear. <laughs> yeah. The shorts is the underwear. Welcome to Las Vegas. Um, so anyway, uh, so Kim, so you do a lot of consulting. You wrote your book, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Overcoming Idea Overwhelm, Chronic Idea Disorder. I think I know what you're talking about. But I'm going to let you talk about it and tell me what, what that title means, what the book is about. Yeah, so I have an idea graveyard in my backyard. I mean, not literally, but if if it could is be... Is that like headstones and shit? No, they're marked by little um, plastic spoons. Here plastic. lies an idea that never got finished, number oh. 2018. So it, what I noticed myself doing was starting a project, getting maybe 95% through, and then just abandoning it over and over and over and over and i don't know I, i'm exploring the reasons why right now but it could have been because of limiting beliefs you know what if this goes out and it never like nobody likes it or some of the ideas got started because i saw you know some of the mentors that i was following at that time doing a similar product and i was like hey they're making seven figures a year why aren't i well let's just make make a product like it well, that product got started and never finished. And there, I mean, there's books and there's online courses and there's blog articles. And at the end of the day, I realized, okay, I have 2,051 started projects and I'm not making any money because nothing's ever gotten completed. But what if I just took one idea and focused on that one for right now and got it through? Like, what would that mean? And the podcast is probably the first example. I mean, no, the first example is my marriage. I left the first marriage. But this one, you know, <laughs> this one is going well. Let's hope so. You're like, screw that marriage. I'm going with the podcast. Yep, yep. No. I, I, I mean, that's what I did. That's why exactly. I'm not married. Um, wow. On the other side right now. I guess I should have put on my Tinder profile. Screw you. I'm podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> Don't bother me. I'm podcasting, yeah. So, uh. Yeah, so the a chronic idea disorder now is just intended to help 
entrepreneurs who can't seem to finish an idea because of any number of reasons, getting to the root of the reasons and helping them see revenue in their business because they're actually getting projects done for once. Well, the hard part about being a, the hard part be about an entrepreneur is you have to think of everything. You have to do everything. There isn't, there isn't somebody a lot of times, even when I've had small board of directors, um, it's hard to go to them and say, uh, hey, here's what I'm thinking about doing. What do you think? And they just look at you and go, I don't know. You're the CEO. You can just do whatever. I mean, that's the problem I always have with boards or vice presidents is I'd look at them and be like, hey, how do we fix this? And they'd be like, I don't know. You're the idea. You're the idea, kid. You come up with some. And you're like, well, what if we do it this way? Yeah, that's fine. Well, what if we do it the other way? Well, that's fine, too. Oh, geez. I mean, you realize that it. The, the buck does stop with you and that you are solely in a lot of cases responsible, at least in the beginning of your entrepreneurial idea, getting it launched and it all comes down to you. And so you have this overwhelm of options or ideas where you're like, Hey, we should do this. Hey, we should do that. Um, even worse, once your business becomes functioning, you know, you've got different processes from beginning to end of a workflow of how, you know, how customers move through your system and what needs to take place inside of your business to process them from beginning to the end of the transaction. Um, and uh, and so you've got ideas that, you know, are, are segmented to each of those different processes, ideas on maybe your AR, your accounts receivable, uh, some of your accounting, your money flow. You're, you're just left with the millions and millions of ideas and it's overwhelmed to where you're like, where do I get started first? And um, it can be really hard. It can be really hard to do all that. But that's the thing. So many entrepreneurs don't realize that they don't have to do it all. I mean, for those of us in America, often we get to thinking that we have to hire an American to be our, v our VA or our graphic designer or our web designer. But we could go overseas and get somebody that, you know, charges 3 to $5 an hour instead of 40 50 $100 an hour. And that's so often overlooked or people don't know where to go to get started. And that's what actually gave me my big kick. Yeah. Like, okay. I don't need to be doing it all. And I still struggled with this. I mean, just last week I was, you know, I had my, my online business manager. Why is this stuff still in your inbox? Why haven't you delegated it? It's like, yeah, I have no excuse. <laughs> well, it's, and the other thing that you have a problem with being an entrepreneur is you become a control freak and you think that, you know, because it's all on you, you have to do it all or you have to control it all. And it's, it's hard to give it that power because um, well, sometimes it's a matter of explaining to somebody why you do things, you know, um, and, and helping them understand where you're coming from so that you can have them go build a good product. I was always pretty good about building segments and then handing them off to my vice president saying you go take that model and run with it and he was good at keeping the plates spinning um he was horrible for new ideas but he was good at keeping the plates spinning but uh, um you know it, it's it's hard you know you become such a control freak you're like what do i give up what do i do i can see failures in my business past not not complete failures of a business but failures of an operation or, or a motor apartment that that I tried to have too much control over and I should have just let um, more people take that control and that lead. Sometimes it's a financial situation where you're sitting there going, uh, do I spend X, Y, Z a month uh, to hire an admin for this or a VA for this? 
uh, or do I try and keep that money? Because I, I really don't have that money to spare. But if I use, if I, if I delegate that um, job thing, then I'll have more time for me to make more money. You know, then the whole thing, the yang of it all. And it's tough to be in that thing. It's tough to be in that mindset of where you've got to make those decisions and try to figure out where your your time is best subjective and it's going to get you the highest return of value and where you can get other people to do the other work for you. Oh my gosh, Chris. In 2017, I spent three months, and this is back when the episodes were going out daily. I spent three months editing my own shows, doing all the show notes, the transcriptions, putting them up on the site, all the graphics, everything for the podcast. And at the end of the three months, my bank account was empty. Baby. And then I did the simple math. Okay, I could have outsourced this and have spent 350 a month. But instead, I gave up multiple five figures of client work because I was spending 70 hours a month doing my own show. Like, well, I, I it, it's tough too because a lot of what you're doing as an entrepreneur is a labor of love. Yep. So sometimes you want it's like baking your own cookies. You know, you want, you know, do you want to bake your own cookies and feed them to your kid to say, mommy loves you? Or do you want to have, you know, someone from India bake the cookies and give them your kids and either lie to them or, <laughs> or say, well, you know, Jose made this for you. There, there is that labor of love, that touch, that, that uh, thing you want to have in your business. That's, uh, it's hard to give up things. I mean, I remember walking through departments, heads that we had and that I built and made and then turned over to someone else. And I'd have to walk in there and like, this is someone else's domain. I mean, I am the CEO, but I can, I, when I walk in here, I have to give some abject uh, release to uh, the power that I have to them, so I'm trusting them a lot. <laughs> yeah. It, it's hard being an entrepreneur. I think, I think the other thing is hard being a single entrepreneur or a solo entrepreneur. I think even at my age, I'm, just, I'm realizing that I'm dealing with uh, the loneliness of the job. Uh, I don't think I've ever really dealt with that in most of the years that I've been in business. So I never really felt lonely or or been alone. But um, I think I think now at my age, I'm starting to notice that there's 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 I'm seeking more social uh, experiences and more. I'm having to go out for more coffee, more hang out with more friends, uh, try and get more of a balance in my life as social thing where I, I used to just be really good about just putting my head down and doing my business and rock and rolling and, and going home. I don't know. Maybe it's because I had more employees back then. So I had that there were my social life. <laughs> that could definitely be it. I I've, I'm an introvert. So although I love going to coffee shops, I need to be in the mood because mm -hmm. like to hear that in the background drives me crazy. Like I want to be able to listen to what I'm listening to and not see like everything spinning around me it drives my husband crazy though that the five ring circus of kids can be happening right here in front of my desk i mean they can have bowls of dry cereal and be throwing them at each other yes it happens and i don't see it because i am focused right here whereas yeah. he's also an entrepreneur he's a video game developer uh. and he can't they walk into the room or i walk into the room he's done he can't yeah. focus you know but i'm just like right there so i can do that with a tv if i've ever had a girlfriend walk in the room i'm laser focused on the tv and she'll talk to me and i'm just and then she'll be like yeah and i'm like well i'm watching my show 
I'm a guy. I can only do one thing at once. <laughs> you know, yep. to multitask. But you're right. Focusing is really important. Uh, years ago, on uh, Earl Nightingale had a great story. Uh, this is a lot of years ago, actually, for Earl Nightingale. Uh, but he had a great story of Bethlehem that was rumored about Bethlehem Steel, which became eventually U.S. Steel, which uh, became one of the top Dow companies and one of the largest companies in the world at its time. Um, and uh, the guy went and met with uh, the CEO of Bethlehem Steel. He was a consultant, and he was seeking business. And he said, hey, how can I help you? I'd like you, know, you to hire me as a consultant for uh, you being the CEO of Bethlehem Steel. And uh, the guy went through his wares and... And the CEO said to him when he got done, he said, look, I don't really need any other stuff you're selling. Here goes, here's what I do need. He goes, I am not getting stuff done every day. He goes, I come to work and I'm just chasing my tail every single day and nothing ever seems to get done. He says, if you can find a way for me to be more productive every single day and get more done and stop chasing my tail so much, I'll pay you anything within reason you ask. So this is back in, I don't know, the 40s or 50s before U.S. Steel became huge. So he goes back, and he thinks for a while, and then he comes back to the CEO, and he says, here's, <clears throat> here's what I have for you. He goes, I want you to, when you end every day or when you leave the office or about to leave the office or maybe before you go to bed at night, write down the six most important things that you have to do tomorrow. And put them in a hierarchy of most important, being one, the most important thing you need to accomplish, two, three, four, five, six, however many you can list. And in fact, if you can do four, you're, you're doing really well. So this CEO takes that, that uh, plan and engages it and uh, comes back a couple months later with the, with the uh, consultant. And the consultant, he tells the consultant, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me, getting stuff done. I'm focused every day on those top six things, and I don't let anything interfere until you know I try and get as many of those as I can done, especially with the number one, the one, two, three important ones. And he goes, "This is the most productive thing I ever get." Paying him like twenty or thirty thousand dollars, which back then was a lot of money, um, <clears throat> and uh, and they say it was one of the. It's rumored that it was one of the uh, concepts that helped them build the U.S. Steel and become this, you know. What, what at one time was the largest company in the world and probably most profitable in, in earning. So you're right. Focus is a real important thing. And, and I think what, what we end up with as entrepreneurs is we're using the shotgun approach where we're just trying to shoot everything and scatter and try and, you know, hit all the cylinders as much as we can. And it really just ends up where we, we don't end up completing stuff. Chris, I used to put all the tasks I could possibly think of onto into my journal for the day. I love having my tasks written down. And I would have 20 to 30 tasks that I wanted to get done for the day. And then I would have 30 tabs open on my internet browser at any certain time. And just and I would have no blocking in my calendar whatsoever. Clients could schedule whenever they wanted to. I would just try to fit in my stuff whenever. Now, that's changed. I have my top five, just like you were talking about with American Steel. I have my top five for the day. My project manager keeps me accountable for those five. She'll even make them disappear like off of my list because there's a not me, not now sub list. Ah. So they'll just sort of fall off the top five list if they're, it's actually number six. But that's all I focus on. 
So and let me ask you this: On your top five, do you do you have a balance between your life, things you want for your life, uh, your kids' marriage, that sort of thing, uh, that that give you that diversity and that stability and balance of life, uh, or is it all business? Positive productivity is not about perfection. I'm not there yet. <laughs> it's all business. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's, but, uh, because that's one of the other things that entrepreneurs forget about. They, yes. you know, I have that problem all the time where I'm like, okay, we're focusing on this today. And then somewhere I'm like, wait, I should probably focus on eating because I'm starting to see stars in my head spinning around. Oh, heck yes. My husband just, well, I guess it was four months ago now, quit and quit his job. And when he comes out to my office and he realizes that I'm very quiet, I'm just like, he's like, what do you want to eat? It's like a Snickers commercial, you know, like he can tell she's got the hangry. So I better feed her. So he, he reminds me to eat. And then he also keeps me hydrated so that I have no choice, but to get up and go pee once in a while. But you know, we can just get into the groove of coffee, 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 no food. And then it's like three to five o'clock and we're starving. We're grouchy. And then we have to go pick up. Well, in my case, we have to go pick up kids from daycare. And I'm like, oh, be quiet. But that's not how it should be. So I, I'm finally starting to get my fitness and nutrition under under wraps. Yeah. And I I had to hire somebody because I had this on my plan for the last three years. I have somebody that does it for me too. I pay him seventy dollars a month, and they go to the gym every day and work out for me. <laughs> that's awesome. No, I have to it's like three bucks an hour. <laughs> oh, I love that. I call him my fitness VA. He's oh. like, oh, man, I worked out for an hour at the gym today, Chris. And I'm like, wow, I'm, I think I feel a little bit of sweat going on right now. Yeah. Now, how did I'm going to eat this donut here because he worked out for me. So, therefore. <laughs> oh, I so wish it would work like that. You know what I really want, though, is I want a USB port behind my ear. Yeah. So I can just download my ideas. And you know, they, they talk about how we'll have robots in the future. I want, I want that robot that you see from Boston Dynamics. He's out there jogging in the freaking... Uh, field, you know, I want that guy, but I want like they can hook the cables up to me or something, so I get the, I get the uh, whatever the, the thing. Actually, you know what I need is I just want that robot to carry me on his back, and I'll be like, hey, I'm jogging with a robot. What would be really, Chris? I have a problem in that I trip over my own feet constantly, yeah. so I can't imagine going out running because I would be like. Face first on the sidewalk. That's my excuse too. Yeah, no, <laughs> like I want to speak on stage, and what held me back for the longest time was the fact that I will trip up the stairs. It, it's just fact. I will do it, and then I finally got over that and realized, well, that will be memorable. They will remember me if for nothing else than to remember that that's how I made my appearance. Didn't Jennifer Garner? Uh, was no, not Jennifer Garner. That's uh, the other girl. Who's the who's the other gal who tripped going up for Oscar? She's kind of a a funny ditzy blonde, but everyone loves her because she's just so human. Um, Jennifer, she's the gal who was in all those movies with the uh, Hunger Games and stuff. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, what I would do if I were you, if that ever happens, I'd just be like, oh, let's just do an impression of her coming oh, on stage. Yeah, that was that was on purpose. Well, I, I say it all the time, though. Positive productivity is not about perfection. Make, 
mean, one of my team members, I've got 10 now. One of my team members accidentally scheduled me for a podcast in two o'clock Pacific tomorrow and put it on my calendar at 11 o'clock Eastern because she got it flipped. Right. And I think, you know, you were talking about over controlling and, and, um, just wanting to be in control of everything that's happening. I realized I needed to let that go. I'm like, don't worry about it. We're just going to reschedule. But mm-hmm. if I get wrapped up in those tiny little things, then I don't have time and attention and space for the bigger things that really do matter. Like where's the next blog article coming from? Where's the next lead magnet and moving on. And, you know, after we begin to let go of some of the control that we have and let our team contribute, once we start building that team, then it becomes a lot more possible to start automating. And my team's helping me with that because we're getting the systems set up behind, not just systems, but the standard operating procedures system. So that with a new team member who comes in, now we've got the documents that they can look at and we don't need to take 20 hours to explain something when, hey, the file's right here. It's in Google Docs. Just read it. Do it. You'll know how to do it. If you have any questions, then... Well, first consult Dr. Google and then come to me. (laughs) It's amazing today how many people don't check Google first. But it's so easy because if you're like me, you have the the machines running around here. I won't say the name because I'll trigger them. Uh, But you have the machines where you can ask just about anything you want from them. Uh, And yet people still have this attitude that they want to waste your time and effort by asking you the most inane questions that you're just like, can you just Google this? Like, get to waste my time with it? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that machine, by the way, my two daughters kept on asking it to play Let It Go, coincidentally. And it was about 15 times in. And I said, are you kidding me? And that machine said, yeah, I know, right? I was like, <laughs> I didn't know that could happen. That's so scary. Now, does that machine still pick you up even when it's unplugged? Like, I I don't mean to be blonde here, but it is unplugged now, and I just want to make sure it's not still, like, without power transmitting everything that we say somewhere. I don't know. I don't know. There's some people that believe the FBI and the Illuminati are listening. I used to have this crazy friend who used to listen to the Alex Jones show. And he bought all the paranoia and fear. You know, Alex Jones takes a poop or breathes a, a lung of air in the morning and, and decides it's the Illuminati and the deep state that's causing it. Um, you're like, no, that's just humans poop. That's just how it works. Um, but everything in his life is a, is a plot. Um, so, and it sells and makes some money. So, I, it, weird how that works. Um, convenient. Uh, but he used to listen to the show, and I remember I went over his house to stay one time, and I used his Wi-Fi, and he goes, are you done using the Wi-Fi? We're going to go you know, run some errands. And I'm like, yeah. And he gets up, unplugs the Wi-Fi router from the wall, and then he unplugs the, the cord from the cable company. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? He goes, well, the Illuminati can listen in even when the power is off. Oh, my gosh. So he, he unscrews the cable thing from the unit. I'm surprised he didn't take the damn thing apart. Like, we're just going to smash it on the floor and burn it and then stab it. 
but he he really believed that because uh, I, I said dude it doesn't have any power like how is it gonna he goes they have ways they have, like secret batteries in it and they have ways of it being able to listen and you're like you know here's the whole problem with the whole illuminati thing is like you're just some unemployed fucking dude in our orange county like no one gives a fuck about you like if the Illuminati is listening into people, they're probably listening to like Hillary Clinton, who was uh, at the time, or they're probably listening to Obama or you know president or you know they're listening to somebody you know uh, some rich guy like uh, Bill Gates probably listening to what he's up to. I really don't think they're worried about some unemployed guy in OC. Like they're like, like we don't want to listen to what Warren Buffett's doing. We don't listen to what this Joker is that nobody knows about and freaking suburbia utah because or suburbia area because because god knows he could overthrow the world they stopped listening to my house after 16 plays of let it go i can't blame him i would I, even if i was an ai machine i'd be like seriously like enough already uh-huh that's yep. probably that's probably about the time that they go skynet awareness and we end up you know in a terminator movie yeah yeah. Which is pretty much where I'm at. Every, every time I see that Boston Dynamics video, I, all I ever hear when I see the thing running and jumping and shit is I hear the Terminator theme. Da, 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 da. Um, I'm just like, wow, yeah, I'm going to, I should probably have to learn to survive in the Terminator Skynet world someday. You got me wondering if my, okay, don't judge me, whoever's listening, watching, but my, my three-year-old son loves to watch crazy stuff and no, we don't put like X on or, you know, even NR, but he loves robots and aliens. And I have also have a 13 and a 16 year old. So he'll watch stuff that we might've, you know, when you and I were kids would have been way too scary, but he yeah. absolutely loves it. He doesn't get nightmares. He loves the scary stuff. So they all come with their different personalities, their different builds. Yeah. When I was young and, and for a while, I I just thought kids were shaped by their parents. I'm like, well, they must have been good parents. They must have been bad parents. And, and no, nope, those kids show up with their own little personality, and you got to deal with it. I'm into that. Yeah. Even my dogs have their own little personalities. They're, they, all, all the dogs I've ever had have their own little personalities. My dog... I just have to share this, and this is like I don't usually cuss on my podcast, but considering you already cussed here, then I guess I can. She's a Chihuahua Shih Tzu, and as soon as my husband and I started dating, he nicknamed her Chewy Shit, and she—you can imagine why. I mean, besides the fact that she's a Chihuahua Shih Tzu, I mean, she really does eat poo, so ah. it's quite appropriate. And she's just a Chewy Shit. I'm sorry, that got really bad worms. Ugh. But, uh, you know, sometimes uh, it's kind of like burps. You know, if you have a nice Mexican burrito, you get that burp in your stomach. You're like, oh, wow, that was really good. That was the second. You know, maybe, maybe I don't know. It's better the second time around. What do I know? The, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, the other thing I like about dogs is, is you mentioned the, the dog name. I, I used to drive my girlfriends crazy. I'd go up to my dog, and, you know, if you talk in the right voice, you can say anything to him. So you can say, you're a good piece of shit, little motherfucking piece of shit. 
And then he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. My girl was like, yeah, Satan's stuff to your dogs. It's bad. And you're just like, no, this is the tonality of it that they like. It doesn't matter what I say. Um, yeah, so that was always funny. But sadly, you can't do the same thing with kids or wives. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't because they'll take whatever you say and they'll, take they'll be like, and then you'll get a call. I you said that. I heard what you said. Yep. And so that's also so uh as we round out the show, what other things do we need to know about Kim Sutton and uh everything you do? Um right now we're working on pulling together po the positive productivity planner, which is actually a physical undated planner. Oh. Um space for five for five tasks. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've seen people do that. I, I'm always kind of like I'm like, wow. It's not an app. It's a real planner. But sometimes that's what you need because if you have an app on your phone, it gets lost on, you know, you're like, well, I'll check my planner app, but I'm going to check Facebook first. And then exactly. eight hours go by. And yeah, and I do use teamwork, but that's for the five, like for checking off the five tasks and because that's where all my team is. Yeah. But I realized that a paper app or paper, yeah, now you got me confused. A paper planner was working best for me because then I could, you know, try to get from 30 tabs down to six. I would yeah. love to figure out a way to only have three tabs open at any one time. Yeah. That's just not going to happen though, I think in my lifetime. <laughs> but I, I think we as entrepreneurs need to stop letting our businesses overwhelm us. Start yeah. taking out all the unnecessary crap and either say no, not me or not now and just let it go let it go yeah let it go. yeah there are there are times when you got to take care of yourself over other things i mean i've been deathly sick and powered through um different business things that i had to do and and um it's always a challenge to to deal with it all when it comes down to it and try and accomplish everything you need to know so kim give us your plugs before we round up the show i guess i'm going to be on your show later on this month or year yeah, you are. Uh, and I look forward to that. I wish I could give you an episode. Do of I have to wear pants? No. No, it's there okay. you have it, folks. Yeah, and it's audio only, so don't worry, listeners. You won't run the risk of actually seeing Chris. They might, hear that, my, uh, they might hear that I'm pantsless. I don't know if I should ask that. That might scare my listeners away. <laughs> but I'll definitely... No, I'm going to have to bring it up now because just because we talked about it here. But yeah. I, I invite listeners to actually... Uh, tune in the the Positive Productivity Podcast, which you can find on your favorite audio platform. Uh, you can get your free seven-day version of the Positive Productivity Planner at thekimsutton.com forward slash 7DP. Just remember to put the before Kim Sutton because the last I checked, it was a porn site without the the. Oh! <laughs> um, yeah, I, I won't check anymore. I, I, don't, I don't need whatever, you know, virus there is. And for more about the company, you can go to positiveproductivity.net. All right. Sounds good. So everyone check out Kim. Check out Kim's book, her podcast. We certainly appreciate her being on the show. We certainly appreciate our audience for tuning in. Be sure to go to uh, youtube.com forward slash Chris Voss. Hit that bell notification button. Go to iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Holy crap. You can listen to us on Spotify. What a great place to be. You've got Metallica, the Chris Voss Show. Megadeth, Metallica, Lawrence Welk, Megadeth, and the Chris Foss Show. All in one playlist. So there you go. Anyway, folks, we appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll see you guys next time.